Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the Sherlock's podcast. Your guide to a more stylish life. Can I just welcome everybody here this evening? Um, this is very exciting for myself and Nadine Baggett because any excuse for Nadine and I to sit and chat and show off, um, we're right at it. And it's nice to know that you're sitting here wanting to listen to us. And the reason we are both excited is that this is obviously um, a relationship between Sheer Lux and Estee Lauder. And as Nadine said when we came in, there probably is not one woman in this room who does not have a relationship with Estee Lauder. And I was watching before I came over this afternoon, I was watching some of the videos for their campaign, which is Because of My Age campaign, which I think is so exciting, so forward thinking. And I was looking at various people talking about what Estee Lauder means to them. And I went right the way back in their archive. And there was a wonderful interview with Sophie Ellis Bexter. And I was fortunate enough, I'm going to name drop Nadine, to turn on the Marabone lights with Sophie Ellis Bexter, actually, and get a good up front look at her skin and her face and she is stunning and um, she was giving an interview and I don't know who to but she said one of the um, first products she ever used was her mother who is Janet Ellis and a lot of people here in this room would be old enough to remember Janet Ellis on Blue Peter and she said one of the first products I ever used was from my mother's um, bathroom cabinet and it was the advanced night serum which is a hero product and which we have here and I think will also be included in your goodie bag and we are going to talk about the components the magic components of that serum but I just thought gosh isn't that interesting you look back on what your mother had in her bathroom cabinet compared to what we have and what I have and the choice that we have now so um it's really delightful to have Nadine here because I gave Nadine an award. When was it, Nadine? Just before Christmas? November. November. Yeah. The CEW Awards. Yeah, it was the Achiever Award. The Achiever Award. And most of you will know Nadine. You'll probably know Nadine more than you know me, actually, um, because she knows her stuff. And one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight is what happens as you get older? How do you feel? And I like to think that the layers that are formed actually give you the confidence to how you approach your present life. And, you know, I'm 69 and I've got so many layers to me. I've come from so many different backgrounds of acting and presenting and now influencing. And I just feel like if you chip away, there's no longer an emptiness. There's just layers of experience, good or bad. And that, for me, is one of the joys of ageing. And we're going to discover what Nadine feels about ageing. We'll also have a chance at the end to take questions from all of you. Um, but I just think we're in a very privileged position because, as I said, my mother's 99 and I just remember on her dressing room, dressing room, dressing table, just a jar of cold cream. 
that was it. I won't name the brand, but it starts with P. Um, although she did branch out to Astral. They'll probably cut that out. But anyway, so, um, yes. I don't think they're a competitor. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> so, Nadine Baggett, welcome. Isn't this lovely? Yes, thank you for having me. Um, so, because of my age, I asked Henry, who's actually filming here tonight, who's a young guy, I'm not patronising you, Henry. I said, if you were to finish that sentence, because of my age, Henry... What would you say? And he went, um, and I went, damn it, you're young, it doesn't matter. Um, Nadine, if you were to end that sentence, what would you say? Because of my age, my career has had a second wind and I'm very grateful for it because the one thing that happens as a journalist is that you gain all this experience and this knowledge. And I've interviewed all these experts over the years from hairdressers to makeup artists to dermatologists to cosmetic surgeons so many amazing formulating chemists and brand founders. And I suppose inside my head is a Rolodex of information that is pretty much unsurpassed, I suppose, simply because I'm the oldest there is still standing. And if you've got your wits about you, then all of that information has to be of use to someone. So we met actually on uh, the Alan Titchmarsh show on ITV. I was the dog 12 specialist. 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Um, talking about dogs and Nadine was talking about beauty. And um, I was absolutely entranced by her knowledge because of all the products that have come out since you've been in the industry. And you came from print where... I suppose in those days you were sent stuff and asked to demonstrate it or trial it. How did it work? Yeah, so it it doesn't matter what format I work in. So it doesn't matter whether I'm a print journalist and nowadays obviously I work for The Times magazine on Saturday. It doesn't matter whether I'm doing This Morning or The Alan Titchmarsh Show. It doesn't matter whether I'm doing a YouTube video or an Instagram or a TikTok as I was doing earlier on. It's essentially the same process, which is you are either asked a question or you're sent a product you have to review it, you have to tell you what people what you think about it, what your personal experience is, say who it's perfect for, what problems it can solve, and that's it. And it doesn't make any difference for me whether I'm writing a feature or appearing on live TV, it's the same process. So when did it change? Because I was talking about the campaign now with Estee Lauder because of my age. And because of my age and because of that campaign, you will see women with faces like mine that are lined, that are the map of my life, basically, the sunbathing and everything else. That was usually forbidden. For many years, that was forbidden. It was youth, youth, youth. You know, youth is powerful. We all know that. Shiny, bright things, very, very powerful. You start to, or so we were told, lose our shine as the years went on. Now, we know, and I would imagine most of the people in this room know, that's not the case. You actually begin to grow and you grow in so many ways. But when did it change in the beauty industry where age suddenly had a value and also the light shone upon it? I think it was a combination of the, the beauty industry is ageist. Let's not shy still, away from do you that. Think? It's still massively ageist, yeah. Um, but I think what happened was it was the introduction of social media and the empowering messages behind social media and social media can be a double-edged sword so it can be both disempowering for a lot of young people who are being shunned images constantly of perfection but for our generation and I think we're quite you, you do get feisty as you get older it's that sense of I suddenly feel invisible therefore I will create my own platform and so suddenly you started seeing body positive body positivity people, you started seeing age positivity people, you started seeing more inclusivity and diversity. And it's that 
old adage of you can't be what you can't see. So for the first time, I think the industry started thinking, oh, real women actually have a powerful message. They don't have to be perfect. They just need to be authentic. And the minute authenticity came along within social media, then I think the boundaries started to break down. And then for the first time, you would go across Selfridges or Harrods or Boots or Superdrug, and you would see real people facing campaigns and being the face of, you know, no matter what brand it is. So, for example, you'd get people with melasma or dermatitis or acne or lines or wrinkles, things that we knew existed in real life. We just didn't even see them in campaigns. And I think that is all part of this, you know, because of my age movement where you get beauty brands saying we get we want to celebrate the people that have been loyal to our products for ages and we want to celebrate their journey through life. And when did the words anti-aging, because I know you've got, Nadine and I also, I have a radio show and Nadine comes on and takes questions on the air. This is a real test of her knowledge because she's given no warning whatsoever and they ask, you know, women all over the country ask questions about why is this being discontinued, what can I do about liver spots, all the rest of it. When did the anti-aging title come about and do you like the words anti-aging? You don't like mature, do you? No, so so anti-aging is is technically a skincare category, so it's very hard to get away from. So, for example, if you were to stock a shelf in boots, you would find there would be cleansers, toners, moisturisers, and then there would be this big anti-aging category. And I think it came originally from the the French uh, argument of what you're doing is they are they are skincare products to fight the signs of aging. And then it suddenly became this moniker of, well, that doesn't mean means we're anti-aging, which obviously we're not anti-getting older. Getting older is an incredibly incredible privilege that you realise as you get older. So it's hard to fight in the sense that it's a skincare category, but I think it's very politically incorrect now to say that a product is anti-aging. And occasionally it'll trip off my tongue because I am that old and I've been writing about it for years. But essentially what you're saying is you are now fighting the signs of premature aging or... I always say sun damage because 99% of it is sun exposure. I think that's a much safer place to sit. Yeah. And so can we look at some of the products? And we have the advanced night serum here, which I said, you know, Janet Ellis has used. Most people will have used this. It is a, a hero product. For me, this was the first serum I've ever heard of. I mean, I, you know, it was the first serum that was ever launched. I think really in my experience and I remember I wasn't around for the launch of it because I would have still been at university but I remember the first time we ever went to the launch of it and Estee Lauder would sit us in front of a scientist which was really where we would have a formulating chemist a gentleman called Dr Daniel Mays who I have so much respect for still I'm sure he's retired on his yacht somewhere living the best life but he would <laughs> he would sit there as a scientist and explain to us and we got given this drop a bottle and I don't know if you've ever smelt it it's still the best smelling product in the world and we would go what's this because it was cleansed home moisturized cleansed home moisturized cleansed home moisture you used to stick your finger in and stick on some cream and then suddenly there was this incredibly runny liquid and you think what was this and so uh, as far as I'm concerned Lauder created the first serum and there is not a beauty editor or influencer alive who didn't grow up using that. And it's got seven components in it. You can probably name them. I won't put you on the spot, can you? Uh, no, no. I think what's really interesting about it is, for me, it's so ahead of the game because, A, it was the first serum. B, it's loaded with humectants to lock water into your skin. So way before anybody was talking about hyaluronic acid, and you weren't talking about active ingredients, you were talking about 
continued formulations. And it has uh, uh, bioferment extracts in it. So it was doing biofermentation way before anybody else was doing it. And so, so this is, I mean, we'd never heard the word serum before as in um, a beauty product. And, you know, since it's launched so many different serums and so many brands have bought out so many serums. But this, for me, was quite a mystery. And, you know, you just thought it has to work because of the background of Estee Lauder. And I discovered, and this is just a bit of my research, is that her, I don't, you you know part of the family, don't you? You know the Estee Lauder Well, family, I wouldn't you know. say they're friends, but I've they met don't them go around professionally, for Christmas. But what obviously. I, what I loved is that her uncle was a chemist and it was her uncle who produced the original products. And he, and I love this idea, he taught her as a young girl, and this is all it says, is he taught her how to wash her face, which you will always say, cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. It's one of the most important things. He taught her how to wash her face, and then he taught her how to massage her skin after having washed it, which was probably quite a revolutionary thing in those days because we hadn't got facial massage or all the implements or anything else. But that's what set her off on the course. And she said, and I love this, that um, it was her uncle that inspired her. And in 1960, Times Magazine named her as one of the 20 geniuses to come out of um, businesses, basically because she was so clever at what she did and the follow-ups. So if we talk about cleansing and facial massage, I know that you're not too keen on implements, are you? I'm but, not, and I also am not a facial massage person. And you're not, but would you believe the way you cleanse, I mean, going right the way back to her uncle, the way you wash and the way you cleanse and the way you apply it and the, what, the manipulation of the skin afterwards is all important? I am all about the active ingredients. So I'm all about investing in skincare that I believe works and is proven to work. I think everything else is just a cherry on a cake. But I have to say, in the 35 years I've been a journalist, there has been a revolution started by companies like Lauder and the introduction of the first serum in that it literally was a cleanse, a tone, a moisturise, and then nowadays we have multiple skincare steps. We can choose from so many different formulations. Serums revolutionise the skincare industry completely. We now use SPF every day. Nobody did any of that. Now you can choose your active ingredients to target specific skin concerns. And it all starts with the first serum. It really does. Do you think, I mean, going back to when we do a radio phone-in, and we've talked, you know, I said here that we're growing in confidence certain section of society is growing in confidence. There are some people who will phone the show who need to be led, who have no confidence whatsoever. Women, usually women, who just say, you know, I'd like to try this. I don't know how to do this. I want to learn how to do this. I'd like to try that. I, I need to layer. I don't know how to do it. What's happened, Nadine, that there is some, you know, I frolic around all over the place and I get people leaving comments saying, I wish I had your life, chair. I wish I wore ridiculous clothes and big shoes and everything else. I just don't know where to get the confidence. And I just think, who stopped you? Who stopped women at some point in their lives to lose their confidence and needed, and still do need often, to be boosted to get back up there? What happens to women at a certain stage of their life? Is it... God forbid me saying this, men, is it child-rearing? What is it that I think, strips you of your confidence? I think women are hardwired to part of the people's needs first. 
to put other people's needs yeah. first. Generally, people are hardwired. Would you Women agree? Are hardwired Would you agree? To put other people's needs first. They put their partners first. They put their children first. They put their job first. They put their animals first. They put everybody first but themselves. And I think actually one of the advantages of getting older is that eventually what happens is you realize that you have to prioritize yourself at some point and that doesn't have to be skincare it could be exercise it could be your hair it could be your clothes it could be meditating whatever you want to do but I think there's an incredibly powerful message um, not in overindulgence and sort of self-care and wellness and all that slightly sort of woo-woo sort of stuff but I think in that message of looking after yourself enables you to be a better version of yourself or other people around you. It, it enables you to be a better mother, a better sister, a better partner, a better work colleague, a better TV presenter, a better radio presenter, all those things. And I think one of the things that I've learned from doing social media is when you're on a magazine or you're on a newspaper or you're on a television show, you very rarely get in touch with real people. You tend to be in a bit of a bubble. And when I started my social media and I got hundreds of DMs from people asking for advice, it was the first time that I realised that this was their first conduit. So simply having that enabled them to message me directly and I could help those people. And that's incredibly empowering, not only for me to know that I can help them, but also for them so that I can sort of break through the myths and the miracle cures and all that sort of wondrousness that is out there and just say, look, this is what works. I promise you this will work. Take your time, stick with it, and it will solve the problem that you have. Yeah. Whether it's fine and thinning hair or fine lines or pigmentation, I love that you call it liver spots. That's so Well, they are massive, big old liver spots. And I've made, you know, the mistake Sun spots, of, we like to call them. I've just spots. come back from Muscat, everybody. And um, with um, and this, this shows how I've changed so I used to, I was one of I the generation. you wore an SPF every day, Every day. You? I wore S. usually you come back. My work want, here is done. I don't. I want to show everyone how tanned I am. And I just thought, no, no, no. Yeah, your work is done because you know I was very resistant to SPF, hence the liver spots. Um, but but I, yeah. I was also saying earlier on, I was doing a TikTok earlier on, and I was saying if, you, if you're my age, so if you're sort of even probably 55 and above, please do not feel guilty that you did not wear an SPF every single day and I'm saying this with impunity because we would have presentations from really big beauty companies who would tell us about the new range of SPFs and we would be told to take them on holiday to prevent sunburn we were not told to use them mm. every day mm. nobody knew how damaging sun mm. the constant daily exposure of UV light was nobody knew we genuinely mm. didn't know so that's something that's only happened in the last 10 years. And I do think it means that if you're out there now and you're using an SPF every day and you're in your 20s and 30s, praise be, you are going to age so incredibly mm. well because you're going to get rid of that 80% of the signs of visible sun damage that most people are exposed to every single mm. day. You, you just are. So, so don't feel bad. It's, I think we're just reflective of our generation. We are. And it's also, we didn't have fluoride, so we've got a mouthful of fillings, you know? It's like, <laughs> this generation are so lucky, aren't they? They're going to be so blessed. I mean, you must already see that, don't you? You see all of these extraordinary... I mean, skincare. The, but the other thing I was going to say, I shall let you answer that in a moment, but the other thing that I've gained as I've got older is, you know, my mother, the one thing she said to me when I left home 
this shows how banal my relationship is with my mother. <laughs> she just said, don't go to sleep in your mascara. That was it, you know? And I just thought, right, I'm a, but I did. I used to Doesn't matter up, who you go to sleep no, with. with. Just don't go to sleep in your mascara. Who I was sleeping with. But I just, and I would fall asleep, you know, like panda eyes and everything else. Um, this was the era of Twiggy as well. Yeah, it was. That was some it, serious it, lashes, Joe. Serious lashes. Um, but now, and this again is down to brands like Estee Lauder or people that you know, deliver beautiful skincare, is I actually look forward to doing my nighttime routine. Instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to slap on a bit of old Woolies, whatever it was, I can say Woolworths because it's no longer out. Um, I now really love it. It's like, you know, part of my therapy. I love my cleanse, tone, moisturise, and I add the layers, as you tell me to do. I love that, whereas I used to really fight it and think I just want to go to sleep. But I can see the benefit. I can now. Bear in mind, you come off air at what time? One o'clock. So that's impressive, right? Yeah. Yeah, I get home at half past one, and usually I just want to fall into bed. But you know, I really enjoy it. But can I just ask? And have you noticed your skin improve? Because I think your skin looks better than it did ten years ago. Well, that's because of SPF. I mean, I walked around literally like an old leather handbag, thinking (laughs) I looked amazing because I've got this wonderful tan. Um, And this is the consequences. But what I love to go back to this campaign, or, you know, just celebrating age, which has happened in the past 10 years, and I think it only probably just started happening 10 years ago. What I love is that I am proud of every, you know, every wrinkle, every frown line, I'm not proud of the turkey neck. I still don't know what to do about that. Nadine, we've got to sort it out. But I, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from it. I don't pretend to be younger anymore, she says, in these ridiculous shoes. I don't. I quite like, I say to everyone, I'm 69. You and I openly talk about our age, don't we? Totally. And I I don't think a lot of women do that. And I find it very strange because I would rather have somebody say to me, I don't believe you're that. Actually, I don't know how old you are. Oh my God, you look good for 61. Rather than say to me, God, she looks rough for 40. Yeah, true. It's absolutely true. I'm like, I just don't understand women that bristle about saying how old they are. I, I, I would much... And also, people will just Google you anyway. Yeah, of course they it will. It kills your dating life. Of course, yeah. But absolutely. apart from that, it's fine. <laughs> Did you make any mistakes, skincare-wise? I mean, have you... Sunbathing. All... Some, but that... oh, sunbathing, 100%. That is the only... I slept in my makeup every single day in my teens and 20s. It does no harm to you at all. Please do not believe the myths about it speeding up your skin aging. But sunbathing, oh my God, sunbathing. I don't really drink alcohol, neither do you. I have a fairly healthy diet, you know. So it's not really, I've never smoked, but the sunbathing, the sunbathing, when I have to go and see my dermatologist and get various bits shaved and lasered off, that's the only reason. That is the only reason. You've also said to me before, and you've said it to people who are calling the radio station, that you know, people saying, where can you go for a good facial? And uh, personally, I don't like people just doing this to my face. It really annoys me. Um, but I spent, you know, hundreds of pounds in the past, <laughs> thousands probably going for facials, thinking they're going to make me look 10 years younger or wide awake or whatever. You always say, just invest in good skincare. Yeah. The thing about a facial is if you enjoy the feeling of a facial, go for it. If you enjoy being pampered and massaged, then go for it. But I would rather spend... £100 on a good skincare routine than I would on a facial because actually at the end of the day those products don't stay on your skin for any length of time if I'm going to have a treatment it will be what I call belts and braces which is numb me up 
plug me in and zap me. So that's when I will have my liver spots zapped off or something like that, yeah. And I normally have that done in clinic, probably with a dermatologist. Or so a you're saying doctor. only use machines, don't just go for hands. No, it, and, but then by the same token, my mother, who is 88, loves a facial. She loves nothing more than going into a spa, padding around in like little sort of, you know, white slippers and a robe and being massaged. And she loves all that. I'm much more results driven. It's the same with my skincare. You know, a lot of people will say, well, serum's not very pleasant to use. I'd much rather use an oil or a rich cream. But I'm like, yeah, but what's going to actually deliver what my skin needs here and now and work quickly? That's me. Minimum effort, maximum results, out the door, five minutes flat hoping not to scare animals and small children. Yeah. That's my beauty routine. And, and I, you know, there are so many new kids on the block, and you know that, because you are expected to review them and to talk about them. For me, sometimes I feel like they're reinventing the wheel. You know, there are brands, and we're sitting talking about one tonight, who are based in history, who have done their research over decades, basically. So you always wonder when someone else comes in, how much research have they done how much history is there to the brand is there even a space for anything else because we seem to have literally everything at the moment I think the problem with the beauty industry at the moment is it's just massively oversubscribed I just think the confusion that comes when you go on counter is because there are just so many brands out there and and a lot of times people are simply lost they don't know how to choose a cleanser or how to choose an exfoliating acid or how to choose a serum because there are just so many products and it is shocking I mean it's both it's exciting for me and I have a job because it's my job to navigate you to hold your hand digitally and say right come with me to Boots come with me to Superdrug come with me to Harrods come with me to Selfridges and I will show you or Space and Care and I will show you what I think is interesting from this brand what I think works what I think will be good for teenagers for older skin for menopausal skin whatever so I have a career because of it but I also regularly just hang around at beauty counters and watch people go like oh my god like what but you can just see they're lost they're lost because there's just so much choice now and there didn't used to be back in the day there would be five or six brands that pretty much everybody used and trusted yeah do you think I mean I'd love to ask who is it that if we talk about aging and the aging process and people who've got it just right I mean who's got it right but who you interviewed Helen Mirren a, a couple of weeks ago who do you believe is a prime example of someone who sits happily with their age. Sarah Jessica Parker. Has anyone been to see the show yet? Oh, should we go? It's had, yes. It's had very mixed reviews. I mean, they're very, very mixed. Really? Yeah, they were saying she's absolutely brilliant, but the play isn't that that hot, apparently. This is Neil Simon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the California Suite. Pl- it's, it's Plaza Suite. Plaza Suite, Suite sorry. It's the New York uh, version of California um, Suite. Why Sarah Jessica Parker? Because genuinely, and this is just between you and I, don't tell anyone. I worked at Hello for 18 years. She's the only person I've ever interviewed who does not have a scrap of work done. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just no way that she's had a scrap of work done. She's got a, she had a little mole here that she had removed, which she now talks about regret regret having it removed. But I actually think it was, it was um, actually sort of distracting from her beauty. She is same size as you, absolutely tiny, trained as a dancer in the same way that you are, absolutely minuscule, this amazing, thick, beautiful hair. And Mm. every line is etched on her face. She has this sort of, 
she has this sort of New York intellectual grandeur about her, which is very impressive. She's very contained, she's very smart, but you can tell. And the shocking thing is not that she looks old for her age, she just simply looks her age. Yeah, she looks her age. And it's because you're used to interviewing celebrities who don't, who look like Jennifer yes, Lopez. yes. But I think you've literally summed it up. People who just look good for their age instead of looking younger than they, than they think they'd be. That's where you sit happily, don't you? When you just look good for your age, you made the best of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, we've got someone here from the States tonight, actually. And I always wonder, who leads the way in beauty? You know, are we in this country leaders in it? Is it America? Is it Scandinavia? I, th I think there's, I think there's a, a global beauty business now. And I think there are different aesthetics from different countries. I think in the UK, we have a very much London-based aesthetic. So we tend to be much less done, much less worked on, much less perfectly blow-dried, much less makeup, all that sort of stuff. And I quite like that. We're a bit more sort of Kate Moss, really, aren't we? A bit more gently undone. But I think... Gently undone. Gently undone. That. Politely undone. But I think, <laughs> I still think, for me, the most interesting uh, places to look at great skincare would be Japan, Korea and America. For me, that's where the interesting thing is. So you have these incredibly young interesting brands coming out of Japan and Korea and then I still think the heartland of of most great skincare comes out of America right I I still think that you know and if as be the 51st state yeah, United yeah, Kingdom yeah. um as we have you here and as we have three products in front of us here and as everyone has this goodie bag with these products in and I think some have um, full-size, some have miniatures as a sort of mixed match. You have so. a miniature A&R, which is, sorry, that's beauty editor speak there we for go. Trippingly off the tongue. Okay, and I think you have a uh, miniature night cream. And then some people have the full-size day cream, some have the full-size... Yeah, there are different ones. And you can mix and match at the end. Don't, don't open don't, them now. Don't a, open them now. This isn't a bun fight, by no, no, the way. No, no, true. Worry. It's all even. Everyone comes out of it very well. But can we talk about these three products here? Because for a routine, and we're talking about um, anti-aging, we're talking about looking the best we possibly can at whatever age, but certainly with a more mature skin. Sun damage reversal. Sun damage reversal. Let's talk about that. What is your go-to? What is the routine you would recommend? I have a... Uh, it's very interesting. I have some non-negotiables every single day. So I get up, I would either use a rinse-off cream cleanser or a rinse-off gel cleanser in the morning. Um, not necessarily brand-specific. These are just the steps that are non-negotiable for me. 
And then the first thing I use would be an antioxidant serum. So for me, it would tend to be a vitamin C serum and then an SPF. And that's all you need if you're stripping it back to the basics. I obviously would put another serum, a hydrating serum in there as well. And that's a combination of barrier repair and antioxidant as well. Um, and then at night, I rinse off probably with a cream or a balm cleanser, depending on how much makeup I've done or if I've got, you know, TV or something like that. And then at night, I have to use some form of vitamin A. So it would be a retinoid. And that's the one ingredient that is proven to reverse those signs of sun damage that we all had when we were younger. That's non-negotiable. So it's three steps in the morning, two steps at night. Everything else is an add-on. It could be a particular problem solver. It could be a barrier repair product. If your skin is really dry in winter or if your skin... I might use an exfoliating acid or a gentle scrub if my skin is feeling a bit grey and dull. But those three steps in the morning and the two steps at night are non-negotiable. And I've got you on them as well, and I'm very proud of that. And the revitalizing Supreme, um, that cream works for 75 hours. 75 hours. So I've flown with so that technology from Muscat comes, with it on my that face. That technology comes out of America. So the group, the Estee Lauder group, they have the technology to prove that you... So what happens is you can apply it, you can cleanse your skin, and then they will test the skin again. And even after cleansing, your skin has higher moisture levels than before. That's unbelievable, it's really isn't clever. it? So if you do a long flight, labs. yeah, you literally come off hydrated instead of dried up like a prune. May I ask, what is, for you as a beauty editor, a beauty expert, what is there left to be discovered? What is it you would like to see that oh is not Oh, my God, yet? I'd be worth millions if I knew the answer to that. <laughs> I don't know. I think probably... Just better textures, better, lighter textures. I think finding effective, affordable, long wavelength UVA filters and better UVB filters that are pleasant, that don't get in your eyes. Um, put them in everything, finding a way to get them into your makeup at higher levels, getting them into every step of your sort of skincare once you get past your cleansers is probably a good idea because we know that the damage is, is huge. It really is. Um, from the sun, and it's it's the major cause. I mean, there are some um, amazing memes going around. Have you seen the one where the guy has got some damaged arms and then he's sitting there like that in a pair of shorts and his legs are completely white? So he's had, like, 85 years of sun damage on his arms and totally white virgin legs underneath. I cannot tell you enough how much damage that the, the daily exposure to the UV light does to your skin. So if you do yourself one favour, wear an you SPF You see that yourself. Day. If you look on the inside <coughs> of your arm, it's completely different Look texture. at your bottom. Look at oh, your bottom, yes. <laughs> or places even more intimate and they hardly age at all, do yeah. they? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. So I would say that it's probably about textures. But if you think that the beauty industry isn't looking for the next new active ingredient, it absolutely is. And I, I think probably it will be one of the topical vitamins so at the moment, we're talking a lot about niacinamide, which is vitamin B3. There's panthenol, vitamin B5, vitamin C. Obviously, vitamin D could be an interesting one. Vitamin K is an interesting one. I think what's interesting is the, the beauty industry is coming away from, again, this is an American trend as well, it's coming away from obscure plant extracts, which tend to be sort of miracle plants picked at dawn by virgins, you know, <laughs> When the, with the dew on them and costing hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And it's looking to re 
repair the skin and replacing the skin, what the skin naturally metabolizes, so what it takes from your food, but you're supplying in skincare in higher amounts so that essentially you can optimize the health of your skin. That's what the beauty industry is really all about now. We haven't, and I intentionally haven't actually until this point mentioned menopause because there's been so much spoken about, talked about the menopause and the, the, the part that hormones play on the whole ageing process. And I found, me personally, it's a weird thing when you, you know, I, I'm full of energy, I'm full of beans, I'm touch wood, fairly healthy, and I, there's something that I look at myself and I just think I can't fix it because the hormones aren't there. You know, post-menopause, something has happened that has just taken away youth. Now, that, I'm not saying that that's a depressing thing. It just happens. You can't fool it. Um, and then I, you know, I've, I've interviewed various people about the menopause and, and one of whom, on sheer Lux, actually, who was saying, well, you know, the reason so little research has gone into it is we weren't meant to live actually past it. You know, job done, had the kids, that's it. It was a full stop, whereas now it's just a comma, you know, for the next chapters that's going to head on. As someone in the beauty industry, is it something that is a bit of a brick wall that you come to at a certain stage when the old hormones aren't going to play along with the rest of you? I would go as far as to say, even if I hear somebody who's premenopausal talking about ageing, I want to go up and go, (laughs) come back to me when you've been through it. Because men age like this, right, okay, and it's just well known, they just do, right, okay, and women age hormonally like this so they the first time they feel it is when they probably have a young baby and they notice they're pregnant and then they go through this hormonal roller coaster then you have the next child and the next child and so your skin ages at different times and different phases in your life but the biggest kicker is the the menopause and even if you, I take HRT, I've been on HRT since I was 48 but at a very 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 low level and there's no research to show that HRT taken orally can affect the skin or the hair and I've noticed a change in my hair and I've noticed a change in my skin and I just think that is inevitable because estrogen is the driving force that keeps skin plump and young it really is so I think it's about accepting the fact that you will age at different rates men age very slowly women tend to be on a bit of a roller coaster but the good news is that you will come out the other side but getting that estrogen back is Gone. Gone. It's, it's gone. gone. But I bye quite bye. like, don't you love the fact? I mean, forgive me, because there are men here and I'm nowhere my patronizing you, but I always think men's lives are quite linear, whereas we have these chapters, you know, and we have a different chapter. And that again, if we're going to talk about aging, how exciting is that? You think I have another chapter to look forward to. You're so right thing. to say that it is a comma now, not a full stop. And it's true. Yeah. Because if you think that the most powerful women in the world, including some people in this room, you're actually reaching the point of your true power and your true potential, both career-wise and mentally as well, and in some ways energy-wise as well. Actually, when you've raised your family or maybe you've decided not to have a family. So for a lot of women, their power moments come post-menopause. And I think one of the things to do is to find out that, to realise that, that you control your narrative about your menopause. Knowledge is power. Make sure you get a good doctor on your side, without a doubt. And, and some people will sail through, through it. Some people will need HRT. Some people will choose to have HRT. Some people won't. I get it. Knowledge is power and realise that it is the beginning of a new chapter and it's often the most powerful, liberating chapter of oh, your wow. life. wow. Could we give a round of applause for that? Because I just find that, honestly, Nadine, that is so optimistic. And for you to say, you know, many women 
find their power and their confidence and their reason. I remember Lynn Frank, say, Lynn Frank saying to me when I first had a hot flush in front of us, so I was 48 and we were away on some wacky retreat. And I said, oh my God, I started doing this. You know this, you do this. <laughs> and she went, it's not a hot flush, it's a power surge, darling. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Glass half full, that is certainly the way to look at it. What do but you what's think? the alternative? This is what I want to say about aging. Is 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 aging is 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 a double edged sword because a it is a privilege and if you ever lost anybody when you were younger and I don't by that mean an elderly relative but you know a close friend or a partner or you know a, a brother a sister a sibling anybody who's your generation who suddenly dies and and that's when you realise how incredibly privileged you are to age but by the same token it is a double edged sword in that. Things come and go. It's a sort of game of chess, where you, whereas you concede some things, I concede my collagen, but in return, I get this incredible power because I'm the oldest person doing what I do, and I'm so respected because of that. So it's six of one, half a, half a dozen of another, isn't it? It's you're like, yeah, I've got an extra line here, but I've also got so much more going up here as well. Yeah, and I also think it's the trickle-down effect because... Um, you know, are we deluded? Are we sitting here saying, gosh, look at us, you know, we're women of age and look how powerful we are and in this prime position here in Knightsbridge talking about this, are we deluded? I don't know. I mean, I work... Here, with, here to the delusion. Uh, yeah, that's here, what here I to say. the delusion. But I work with really young people at the BBC. My team, you've met them, are very, very young. And I don't think they see me differently. I mean, they think I'm a bit insane but we all think you know we're a bit odd but they she never is. you know at their age to have worked with a 69 year old I just wouldn't have done I would have thought is it something a bit odd it's you can it's that coming back to that moniker I was saying earlier on is is you can only be what you see and I remember when you first said to me I'm, I'm thinking about like doing a bit more Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that and I said good because what you're doing is sending out a positive message that says look I'm not finished I'm in the prime of my life I'm in incredibly in demand and you are more demand as I predicted more demand now than she ever and she did always say that I did always say that <laughs> no, but it is I mean it's extraordinary because it's and I know that how my followers feel about you and I know they find you truly inspirational and never forget that every single day when you when you create a piece of content and you think who am I doing this for and I know you never forget that you're doing it for real women who just need to see a positive version of getting older. Well, there's a young girl here, and I can't remember her name, who just came up to me, who's really, really young. Sorry, I don't, you don't have to stand up. And she just went, I've always followed you, Joe. I've listened to you on the radio. I've followed you and Nadine. And there you are. Well, you look young. And, and I mean, I'm good so... Good skin. Oh, yes, you, good skin. But... Well, you look, she looks... Oh, my God, she looks about 22. She does. Um, but, I, you know, I was just... It, I'm so glad you follow me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I was just I thinking, take full responsibility. You know, you can follow all these young people of your age and younger, but you follow us, and I'm just, wow, what a privileged position to be in. I'm getting the wind up, but I do want to ask, um, whilst we've got Nadine Baggett, and this is such a joy, to get her in one place for so long, on the radio, we only have her for 20 minutes, um, so it's a real pleasure to have her here. If there's anything you would like to ask, Nadine, ask please put your hand anything. up. Um, because, oh, Charlotte, <laughs> editor of Sheer Lux. <laughs> I have a question for you both about confidence. Because you touched on that earlier, but both of you are so confident walking into a room, talking at this kind of thing, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who would like to know how you do that, if it's not in your nature, how you fake it, and how you become more confident 
socially in that way. Can you also just repeat the question for the benefit of those listening? Absolutely. Um, so Charlotte from Sheer Lux, actually, um, editor of Sheer Lux, asks, how is it, and it is true, we walk in this room bursting full of confidence. How do you do that if you're not a competent person, if you are an introvert? Um, and can I just say something? When I was at drama school, um, it's a really interesting exercise they ask you to do. So they, And you can notice this with other people. I walk into a room with my bag behind me, my breast stuck out. I'm trying to be my full five foot tall. And I literally come in like that. Other people, usually a lot more intelligent than me, um, far more cerebral, walk in behind their bag. So they literally walk in behind their bag and they are more introvert. They're not as brazen. Now, am I faking it? Are they the more genuine person? Do you put on an appearance for people if you feel you have to? That is my question. Nadine? Um, uh, uh, well, I was going to ask you a question. Were you always confident, even as a youngster? So, so when you were in your teens and 20s and you were going to various different, you know, auditions and maybe you didn't make the grade and... Usually. <laughs> I don't, I mean... Were I, you always a little... I could describe you as little, my, po- my little pocket rocket. Off. Were you a um, little pocket rocket always? I think there's something about being short. You become like a terrier. You know, you just think, I, look, I'm here, I'm here, please. So I overcompensate. I have always been a show-off. Well, that's interesting because I am yes, six foot. So I am wary about being overly loud because I think I would be really overbearing if I was really loud and huge, which is what I am, obviously. Um, But I definitely didn't have the confidence that I had when I was younger. So for me, my confidence has grown over the years and it's grown because life throws things at you and you overcome them slowly. And I think whether good, bad, indifferent, the more you overcome them, the more you realise that you can't shy away from or be frightened of the good, the bad, the indifferent in life, the more you realise that nothing will break you. And that's so powerful as you get older. And I wouldn't, wa- I wouldn't wish this on a young person. If somebody was sitting here in front of me and they were 22 and they went, oh, you're so powerful, I was like, well, because I've lived for 62 years nearly and I've been through it all and I've been tested and I've proven myself that... I can get made redundant and I can get another yeah. job. I cannot get that job. I can mess up on live TV. It's not the end of the game. I can, you know, lose a close friend and realise that I can come out the other side and life continues and I can celebrate them. So going through those ups and downs makes you a stronger, more confident person. But I certainly was not born with this confidence. I feel I always had a slight sort of imposter syndrome mm. as a good working class girl. But now, not, not a lot faces me mm. now because mm. been there, seen it, done it, got the T-shirt. Yeah, and I don't know whether you all feel like that. I mean, there's so many people that... Um, Charlotte used the word faking it. I think a lot of people do. You know, you take a sharp intake of breath, one, two, three, open the door, go in. Go into the party. Stand on into, a box. Stand on a box. It. You know, and, and I think a lot of people fake it. And I think that one of the loveliest things about age is that... Do you remember that? horrible thing oh god it makes me feel ill thing you know when you go to youth club and i'd almost be sick thinking i've got to walk across that floor even a show off like myself that horrible feeling of insecurity and inferiority um you just lose you shed it oh, you i think so you do it's don't so you because you just think what's the worst that can happen the worst that can happen i've already been through i've been through all of it so i'll just carry on Basically, yeah, one of the good things. That's so true. And you describing it so perfectly when you're younger and you don't feel good enough. You just think everybody's going to laugh at you, everybody's going to be cruel, the boy's not going to like you, nobody's going to want to kiss you, nobody's going to want to dance with you. That it, You wouldn't go through that again. No. 
Ever. For all the collagen in the world. Ever. <laughs> there are so many advantages to getting older. Can we have another question, please? Anything at all, anything at all. Don't hold back. Go on. Yes. I'm just wondering, um, I've kind of read various things where I, I use very skin products and I often use them here as well. Um, but then I've, I've noticed that in write-ups or on the back of the packets it says, don't use them in your... Neck and decolletage. Decolletage. decolletage yeah. yeah. The skin, the skin is thinner here, so you've got a pad, you've got pads of fat here, and not here, and not here. So the skin tends to be more sensitive. However, I would always say I take my skincare from here to here, right the way down, including my SPF. And I also use my quite powerful actives all the way down my neck and chest as well, um, because this is the one area as Brits we tend to look after our skin to here and then forget about that. And oh my God, I keep wanging on in my videos about my sun damage here. Yes. Yeah. And the, the bigger the bosom, the more it bounces. And I've got tiny bosoms and I'm still sun damaged. It's just not fair. Um, so, but the secret is you don't need, I don't believe you need specific neck or chest problems. Uh, products but essentially just do a little test patch here do it slightly to one side at the back of your neck the only thing you have to be careful is you will have to be careful with acids retinols and uh, vitamin c but like i use everything all over now and i always and people always say to me your hands are so young and i'm like i put everything on my face and then everything just goes in there mainly because i think i'm cheap and i don't want to wash it away but yeah. i make sure everything goes in here and also as i got older i'm getting a little bit crepey on my inner arms now i'm sticking it all here as well <laughs> It's going to be eventually my skincare routine is going to take three hours. I'm, not, I'm literally going to be bathing in it from here to here. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Anyone else? Anything else you'd like to ask? Yes, go on. Nadine, go on. You mentioned retinoids earlier on. What do you think about retinol? Because now it's, it's so big that sort of, you know, you, people say you should use it every day or every, every night. What's your views on retinol? I mean, the interesting thing about retinoid, retinoid is basically a vitamin A. So it's something that's found naturally in the skin as a form of uh, retinoic acid. And it's available as a prescription. And it was originally developed in America, praise be America, uh, for acne-prone skin. And what happened was it was created to treat clinical acne. And then what they noticed was that the teenagers were using it, and it was FDA-approved, all-approved, licensed as a drug. Then what happened was the parents would then go through the menopause and steal their children's acne medication. <laughs> and then the women would notice that not only did it help their menopausal breakouts, but they noticed their sun damage started to go. This was in LA and New York, where you get a lot more sun damage than we do in the UK. And so as a result, it then got a secondary license to be treated to treat sun damage. Now, that's a prescription. You can't get it in the UK unless you have a prescription from a dermatologist. But what the beauty companies wanted to do was to find the over-the-counter alternative. So they created various different molecules that basically land on the skin. They're all forms of vitamin A. They land on the skin and they metabolize, metabolize within the skin to this active form of retinoic acid. Um, and uh, retinol's been around for ages. Uh, it's normally around 0.3% in products. But actually, the latest ingredient is something called retinaldehyde, which is the next metabolic pathway on from retinol to retinaldehyde to the prescription retinoic acid, um, which is uh, a lot less irritating. You'll also see new generation ingredients like HPR, which is hydroxypanacolone retinoate as well. Basically, your body metabolizes them in a similar way, and it gives your skin 
the vitamin A it needs. And what vitamin A in the skin does is essentially regulates everything. So if you have an oily skin, it'll make it less oily. If you have a dry skin, it makes it slightly less dry. It'll regulate the production of pigments so that it doesn't clump together in liver spots, sunspots, <laughs> or anything like that. And as a result, it also boosts collagen, so it will tackle fine lines and wrinkles and things like that. It's absolutely still the gold standard ingredient, and most beauty companies have some form of it in their routine. The problem is that it can be quite irritating. So you've just got to go gently. I mean, you know, you can layer it over a serum and under a moisturizer at night. But for me, it's a non as I mentioned at the beginning, it's a non-negotiable. Even I use it every for a young night. person, is there an age you should start using retinol? I mean, I wouldn't use retinol. So retinol can be used to treat acne. So there's a certain form of retinoids that can be used to treat acne. But I think probably it's a sun damage thing. So I think probably mid-30s, early 40s and, and beyond, really. Depends how much sun damage you've had. And where in the UK or in the world you live. So in California and South Africa and Australia are going to get a lot more sun damage than we are because the sun never shines, obviously. May I just ask one thing? And this is, I mean, we're talking about people with confidence and people who are a bit shyer. So I don't know how this is going to work. But because of the campaign, because of my age, and then you finish... A sentence, either with a long sentence or a couple of words, whole paragraph. Is there anyone here who would volunteer to stand up and say, because of my age, and then finish it? I'm going to ask you to start then. Because of my age. (laughs) Because of my age, I am actually more content than I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Truly. And that's not BS, I promise you, because... I'm now, I've got control of my life, listen to me, I have got control of my life, my career for the first time, I'm calling the shots instead of being told what to do, um, I, my hair's suddenly gone like this and I don't know why after I've been swimming, I don't know what's happened to my hair, um, I'm wearing great big shoes on tiny little legs and I don't care, um, I actually feel better than I've ever felt, I feel really confident and happy where I am, so that's me, um, can we have someone else? Go on, just be stand brave. up. I mean, it, you know, just yes. Go, go on. on, nice and loud. <laughs> Good, really good, really, really good. Nadine. No, I've already answered it, haven't I? Because of my age, I now have a secondary career, which I thought I would never have at a time when most people are disappearing into the distance, knitting. I'm like a sort of beauty Madonna, but without the work. Um, And yeah, I'm more in demand than ever before. And I'm so incredibly grateful because of that. But it is purely my age, because there comes a point where if you stick at it long enough, you become the best at it. Yeah. Well, can I thank Sheer Lux? I mean, wonderful Sheer Lux and Estee Lauder. Thank you so much. What a fantastic relationship. And. Thank you for giving Nadine and I this opportunity as well, because we could sit and talk forever. Um, And thanks to all of you sitting smiling at us, because it's so nice to look out. And look in your goodie bags and do negotiate with your next door neighbour. (laughs) Swapsies. You can do a swapsie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.